The social distancing that we are practicing, my wife and I for sure, is we're looking to protect other people. I don't know what I've come in contact with. And I could have it, but not really have symptoms and maybe inadvertently pass it on to somebody else. I don't want to do that. So I'm going to practice the social distancing and I'm going to take it seriously. But maybe in the future, you know, maybe we are a little bit more aware of others instead of ourselves. Amen? Maybe when we're sick, we won't go out in the middle of everywhere and just spread it. Maybe when our children are sick, we won't send them to church unaccompanied. You see, and I'm not trying to be ugly, so please hear my heart. I'm not trying to be ugly, but these are prudent and wise things that we need. But the line has been pushed, my brothers and sisters, when I read those headlines. And so I'm not, I, I don't want anybody to write me. I don't want anybody to uh, think that I'm in any way aligning myself with any of these pastors who have decided that they're not going to pay attention. That's between them and God, them, their congregation and God. I'm not going to sit here and tell you one way or another it's right, wrong, or whatever. That's not why. And if you are focused in on that, and if you think that this message is about that, you're going to miss it. It's not about that. Here's what I'm really concerned about. As I read those headlines, I read some of the comments. And that's what concerns me more. It is the comments of people and how they're being so critical of pastors and Christianity. That's what really caught my attention. When I read a, a, a headline where a university student, a student who is attending the university, says that that's ungodly, the decision that was made. That kind of gets me to think just a little bit. Because she's, she or he, whoever it was, is not taking the full zisboomba, if you will, into consideration. One of the reasons that I know of, because we have a university in our close proximity that can't send all the students home because basically that's where they live. It's not just a school, it's kind of an apartment. And if they send them home, they will be basically infecting the home. If, and some students are here from other states or other countries and they can't go home. So what do you do? Kick them out on the street? So, no, my brothers and sisters, see, so to me, what's really got my attention, what really had got me concerned, and and as I look at this, I see what we prophesied in 2012 is coming to pass. The messages and where the Lord had us in 2012, we're seeing it just unravel right before our eyes. God is faithful. God is true. God will protect us. He will cover us. He will do exactly what He said He's going to do. His word will come to pass. My brothers and sisters, we will not be able to go back. But here's the thing. We don't need to. We don't need to. But we need to be light and salt, like I keep saying to you over the weeks. We need to not thumb our nose at the law, not make a, a proudful display about you know what we believe and we no, we just need to go ahead and do it what 
thus saith the Lord. I've already shared with you those things as it relates to the practices under the current restricted code in order to keep us protected as it relates to you know, governments and, and then also what was shared to me with John. My brothers and sisters, this is, we're, we need to have the spiritual wherewithal. We need to connect with God in the Spirit. We need to look at these things and understand and not be so upset with people who disagree with us, but at the same time, be always willing to give an answer for the hope that is within us. It has to start with first having hope and then knowing what it is that we believe and then adhering to that which we believe. I'm going to give you just a couple of of examples here. Uh, We're going to begin with Daniel. In Daniel... Um, we know, m- most of us have been uh, very informed as it relates to Daniel. Um, Daniel was a very gifted individual by God. He was a, a, a Hebrew. He followed God, and he was very gifted. He was able to interpret dreams, and that got him a high rank as they were um, you know, under the subjugation of uh, first uh, the Babylonian king, Nebuchadnezzar, and then it ends up, he, you know, they were, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, then next and next, you, you, you get the picture. I don't want to waste a lot of time with those details, but he distinguished himself. I'm going to read to you something out of um, Daniel chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. It pleased Darius, the king, to set over the kingdom 120 satraps, these are princes or govern, government um, officials, to be over the whole kingdom. And over these three governors, of whom Daniel was one, what the government officials might uh, they they might have give to give account to the king, and then the satraps answered to the presidents, which were Daniel and two other people, and it was that kind of that chain of command, if you will. Then Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king gave thought to setting him Daniel over the whole realm. So the governors and satraps, or the other authorities, sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they couldn't find any charge or fault, because he was faithful. Nor was there any error or fault found in him. Then these men said, We shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Did did, did you hear that? Here's what they're saying. This Daniel is going to follow his God. So the only way that we're ever going to be able to bring any charge against him is we're going to have to find a fault in that way. Are you there? Are you with me? Come on now. If we're going to find any fault with that man, we've got to find a fault with what he believes, with how he's living his life. Come on now. Come on. So we know what happened. The story is Daniel, you know, they, they made this, they set a trap. They said there, there should be no homage, there should be no prayers, there should be nothing, there should be no other petitions made to any other except you, King Darius. And we say that you make this a law and this is a rule and it can't be put back, it can't be taken back. Anyone who does this, they'd be thrown into the lion's den. They knew exactly what was going to happen because Daniel prayed at least three times a day. They followed him, they caught him, and you know what happens. And it broke the king's heart. It broke the king's heart. They threw Daniel in the lion's den. But the lion's mouth was shut by the angel. 
And those wicked men and their families were thrown into the lion's den. And listen, it wasn't that the lions weren't hungry. Because those people, when they were thrown into the lion's den, they didn't even hit the ground. And they were taken care of by the lions. Let's just put it that way. My brothers and sisters, do you see? There's got to be fault found with what you believe. There's got to be fault found in how you live your life. If you're living after God, that's where the... My brothers and sisters, that's what this is about. This is about, my brothers and sisters, I'm concerned that when we make a stand for the Lord and we get pushback or, you know, from the government, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting that. But it is the concern that I have is now the general public, people, start to think that, you know, what we're doing is harmful to them. It's having an effect on them. What we're doing is, is, is just absolutely a detriment to the system. Come on now, are you with me? So that public opinion then gets turned on us. Okay, I can even go that far and say, okay, I expect that. The people who are... But now, my brothers and sisters, when we start having this in the church, now I'm starting to have a real problem. When people in the church are starting to to quibble and, and starting to quarrel about should I, shouldn't I, do I, don't I. My brothers and sisters, it's, this is not that big of a deal. If we all are one body, we all have different gifts to serve. I, my brothers and oh my gosh, I, I, I'm about to explode here. We see this thing that is unfolding before our eyes and we see how the enemy of our soul is pushing, pushing, pushing. But then we also see, my brothers and sisters, how some people, in order to remain popular, there are going to be groups of us, gatherings of us, who want to go ahead and still have favor with government and people and compromise what the Word of God says. We can't do that. We can't do that. I, got, I have another example. Esther. Remember Esther. Now the story of Esther is, is, is extremely critical. And before uh, we had the service this morning, there were a couple of us that were talking about the women's conference that we had a couple of years back, and it was awesome. And, and the, the, the whole theme of that was women called for such a time as this. And we know that Esther played an, uh, was, was awesome in that God had that lined up. We have the first recorded beauty pageant of all time, and it just so happened that Xerxes, who is obviously not a Jew, picks a Jew to be his queen. That was all because of someone named Mordecai, her older cousin, who told or put her in that position, and led by spirit, no question about it, puts her in a position where she can fill that position and influence the king. The problem is that one of the king's right-hand men, or the right-hand man of the king, um, didn't like the idea that Mordecai would not bow and pay him homage. Now, all of the other leaders, all of the other people in the court uh, uh, approach Mordecai and they're telling him, why don't you do this? Why, why don't you do this? You, you need to pay homage. You need to, you need to bow before Amon. And, and he simply said, I'm a Jew. I can't. I can't. That's not who I am. 
I can't bow to him. He's not my Lord. I can't pay him homage. So we know what happens. Haman devises this plan, not just to wipe out Mordecai, but to wipe out all of the Jews. And then at the right time, Esther goes to the king, reveals her heritage, and they're saved. Hallelujah. My brothers and sisters, think about those two examples. If Daniel compromises any part of his life, he gets thrown into the lion's den, he's dead. Mordecai, the reason why this works is because Mordecai stood on what he believed. Despite the pressure, he stood on what he believed. Got another one. Paul and Silas. You know, Paul was always, you know, always being persecuted. Always, you know. So now Paul and Silas are going to uh, Thessalonica. When they go into Thess- Thessalonica, they, they, they preach as their custom. They go into the synagogues for three Sabbaths, and they start to preach and teach Jesus. And they're, they're taking the Scriptures. Now remember, the only Scripture they had was the Old Testament. So they're preaching the Scriptures, and they're preaching Jesus through the Scriptures, saying how it was that Christ had to come, how He had to die, and how He had to raise from the dead, be raised from the dead. And they're preaching this, and it says that many people believed. Many Greeks and many women believed. But then there were the Jews that were jealous of the people that were being converted to this new sect, Christianity, the way. I want to read to you. The Jews, this is Acts 17, verse 5. But the Jews who were not persuaded, becoming envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace and gathering a mob, set all the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason and sought to bring them out, of the, out to the people. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. My brothers and sisters, we're not called to be part of the world. We're called to turn this world upside down. We cannot bow to common culture. We cannot bow to social mores. We have to only bow to the Lord Jesus Christ, the living Word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've got another example. There are so many. Remember, after the Holy Spirit fell, the church was filled with power. Peter preaches a message. But then they go on. And one day, Peter and John are on their way to the temple. And gosh, we've studied this text so many times among us. It's just so powerful to me. When they go into the temple, they're about to go in and they go through the gate beautiful and there's that lame man that's sitting by the gate begging alms. And Peter, uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, gold and silver have I none, such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise and walk. And the man was healed instantly. And so this caused quite a commotion and an uproar and attracted a lot of people. But they were arrested for that. They were arrested. They had to stay in prison overnight. My brothers and sisters, when they stood before the same body that Jesus stood before, the same body that condemned Jesus, 
They spoke boldly. And it was noticed. It says in verse 13 of Acts 4, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. My brothers and sisters, can you be accused of that? Is it obvious that you're spending time with Jesus? See, they're looking at these men who are obviously fishermen, obviously blue-collar guys, obviously guys that didn't study at the feet of Gamaliel, didn't go to the best schools, didn't, do, didn't grow up under their program, and they're looking at these guys, but they're, they're so bold and they're so confident. Remember how it was when Jesus was preaching? All of the, the, all of the religious leaders were taken back by the, the authority that he spoke with. So now that same spirit is in Peter and John and they're speaking before this Sanhedrin and they're speaking boldly and with authority. They're confident in Jesus. But I love it and I'm going to repeat it. I just love it. They realized that they had been with Jesus. And it was so obvious to them that the man had been healed. It was this man that they all were familiar with. It was obvious. So they couldn't, they couldn't do anything about that. There's no denying it. So in verse 17 it says, So that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them, being Peter and John, that from now on they speak no, to no man in this name. So from now on they're not going to speak anymore in the name of Jesus. We're just going to threaten them. We can't do anything. It's obvious that the miracle's been performed. It's obvious that this man who was lame is now walking, dancing, leaping. And he's, and he's hugging on John and um, Peter. So this is obvious. So we can't dispute that. We can't deny that. So let's do the next best thing. We're going to go ahead and we're going to attack their way and we're going to tell them that they can't speak in the name of Jesus anymore. Come on now. Are, are you getting this? Come on, are you getting this? Are you, uh, see, it's got to be obvious that we've been with Jesus. And, and the obviousness, if that's a word, the, if we've obviously been with Jesus, then it will show not just in convenient times or not just in times when we want to be rebellious against the system. It's going to show in the times when the system is cracking down on us and we do not fold. We keep our Christian character. We love unconditionally. Even to those who want to persecute us. I will not speak ill. You know what? I'm so sick and tired of the blame game. It's already happening, and even when this is over, it's going to happen. I'm telling you, there's going to be so much pointing of the fingers and all, between the politicians and all that. Man, I'm so sick of it. Who cares? At this point, if you're, if you're laying in a hospital, fighting for air, do you really care at that moment what happened? Who called it? No, I need air. I need to breathe. Do I really care in that moment? No. See, that's, that's my brother. That's, that's where we have to be. It doesn't matter what happened, who happened. But here's what matters. What can we do to present Jesus to the people that are suffering, to the people that are hurting, to the people who now are being told that we may be part of the problem. Are we part of the problem? 
No, I think we are part of the solution if we walk according to the Word of God. Not try to mix with them, not try to mingle with them, but be ye separate. Hallelujah. So they called Peter and John and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, I'm going to say it in Tony and I read like this. So I could just picture Peter. I could just picture, I think Peter probably has a little Italian in him somewhere. He, I could just picture him or he's, he's from yeah, maybe deep-rooted, maybe Catherine's family way back when, some ancient line from you know, Catherine Penix. But, but, but anyway, I could just picture Peter just saying, Whoa, 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 wait a minute. You want us what? Now let me ask you all something. You tell me. What do you think God would be more pleased about? Listening to Him or listening to you? Hallelujah. Let me ask you all something. What is God going to be more pleased with us about? Following His Word or just doing whatever causes us the least amount of friction? Whatever keeps us going ahead somewhere along the line and just get through, just get by, and let's just not make any waves. And let's not... No, listen, let me tell you all something. You need to make some waves. But the waves that you need to make is not to stand up and say, I ain't no pansy, I'm going to stand up to this COVID-19. No, the waves that you need to make is this. Here, okay, the government said that we're going to go ahead and we're going to meet, and here's the guidelines that they've given us. So here are the guidelines I'm going to follow. You know what? Here's the other. You know what? The government says this, that, the other thing. But here's what God says. Love. Unconditionally. Here's what God says. If you have this gift to teach, then you better teach. If you have this gift, to, you better go ahead and use your gift because we're all part of the same body. So if you think that you're going to get me to say something bad about those preachers who went ahead and opened up their churches, you ain't going to get it from me. That's between them and God, them and their congregation. Just like I told you a minute ago. I've got to answer for what I'm doing under God. You've got to answer for what you're doing under God. If I'm part of that congregation, I've got to make the decision. Just like here, there are going to be people who will not come back to church next week, and that's their decision. And, if I, I, and I, I love them, and I'm not going to count it against anybody. I'm not going to be disappointed in anybody. You've got to make the best decision that you can make. Pray about it. Ask God. He won't abandon you in this time. In fact, these are the times when you should be most calling upon Him. But let me just remind you of something. When this passes, and you're not so afraid of the situation anymore, make sure you're still calling on Him. Hallelujah. Remember that day... See, my brothers and sisters, I want to tell you something. God is a God who has called us into relationship with Him. And God is a God who makes His relationship with us known by the relationship that we have with each other. And I am so thankful that we do have this opportunity to live stream. Someday maybe we'll do a, a video as well as an audio. But here's the thing. I don't want that ever to take the place of us coming together as His body. Now, some of these big churches, they're going to have to compromise somewhere down the road in order to fill the building. They're going to have to make sure that they're dotting the I's and crossing the T's so they're not ticking anybody off. I don't have to worry about that. 
No, no, no. And I'm not, listen, here, because I've been accused of this too. I am not saying that all big churches are bad. Please, I'm not saying that. I've got some friends who pastor extremely large churches who are preaching the pure gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and who do not compromise the Word of God. So please, hear my heart. I'm not saying that. Here's what I'm saying. We cannot compromise. It is His way. It is His Word. And we need to walk according to that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They were together at the day of Pentecost. In one accord, in one place. They were together. You know what? It's so easy for me and Michelle to hunker down together and take care of each other. We're married. We're we're one. It would be so easy for me then also to take care of my kids, my grandkids. I love them. And and I'm going to make sure that they have theirs. But what about strangers? What about people who I don't know? And the only thing that I have in common with them is we love the Lord Jesus Christ. That's just as much my brother, my sister, my mother. See, they, even Jesus said it. Remember? when there's the, Hey, your mother and your brothers are here. Hey, who are my mother and my brothers? Those who hear the Word of God and do it, that's my mother, my brother, my sister, that's my family. Hallelujah. If you are abiding by the Word of God, if you are born again Christian, you are my relative. And there ain't no break in that. Brother Steve, you're stuck with me through eternity. How about that? Ha! <laughs> Boy, I wish this place was full right now because I know that I'd get somebody out of the seat. At least say amen. Hallelujah. Whew. So listen, I want to read another little excerpt from you. In Acts chapter 2, 46 and 47, here was a, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking of bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. They did not have what we have. See, so that's why, see, Pastor Tony, that back then, that was different. See, they didn't have the, the, the technology that we have right now, so we could do this here. And this, um, So you've got to progress with the times, Pastor Tony. The Word of God is not changing. Jesus Christ, the living Word, the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Word will not change. God's M.O. does not change. He's still about relationships. We still need to gather we still need to, to love on each other. We still have to have the opportunity to share the love. We're the body. Listen, when I come together, we were having this discussion a little while ago when you know, Michelle will always uh, dog me about her not wanting to speak even though she's really good at it and even though she has an impact when she speaks. She, That's not me. My gift is something else. Well, maybe she's right. She is gifted certainly for the kids program. No question about that in my mind. You know how it is. Those kids can't wait to get out of here and run to Miss Michelle. <laughs> I try not to take it personal, but it does hurt my feelings. No, it doesn't. But, but you understand what I'm saying to you. I can't sing. Thank God we got Eddie. <laughs> I, you see, my, my gift... Don't make me sing. Dom, don't make me sing. I'll do it. And I'll let it go all over the world because when I sing right now, people will hear it all over the world. Hallelujah. Then they'll never tune in again. <laughs> Praise God. No, but you understand what I'm trying to say, my brothers. Says, Nay, the Spirit. The Spirit. We're one, but then at the same time, we're individuals. Amen. Philippians doesn't say we all work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, right? But listen what it says. For it's God in us. It's God working in us, both to will and to do for His good pleasure. 
And He's called you and I to work together, to be corporately. He's gifted you with things. He's gifted me with things. When we come together, we complete the body and we can do the work. <laughs> Hallelujah. Boy, I'm about to cut a backflip. Yeah, if I do, I'll hurt myself and you all will laugh at me. Alright, so now listen, one more. Because this one, we've been in together and I believe that it's very, very much apropos. Hebrews 10, 24, 25. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. My brothers and sisters, I told you in 2012 through several messages, I told you what was coming. No, I didn't. The Holy Spirit through me spoke. And man, if we're not seeing it, and my brothers and sisters, the day is approaching. So this isn't the day, this isn't the time for us to start retreating. This is the time for us to get strong. And know how we get strong? In numbers. We start building each other up. You know what? You're having a rough day? Guess what? I'm, I'm going to lift you up. Hey, I'm having a rough day. It might be your day to lift me up. Hey, guess what? I've got a guy over here who needs some help. Man, there are me- Steve has helped more people with physical things than I have. Just in the short time that I know him. That I, I, I think so. Steve has a gift. You know, I can't do what's happening right there in the media center. I can't do that. There's, there's a gift. There's a talent there. But my brothers and sisters, so that's how we build each other up. We, we fill in the gaps for each other and we take home and together we're this functioning body. But my brothers and sisters, the minute we start compromising, the minute we start drawing back and not doing what thus saith the Lord, we're losing ground. We, we no longer shine like lights. And we're opening ourselves up. Listen, not just for governments to control us and all that. I don't care about that. Well, I do to a degree, but I don't care. What my, the point is, then the people, the people will be stirred up. We need to stir up the people. We need to stir up each other with love and good works. And that's when they see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. Right? I don't want to get used to not meeting. I don't want to get used to, you know, uh, you know the only way we could do it is, is this way or that way or this. I, I don't want that. I mean, I'm going to, yesterday, like right today, I'm blessed. I, I got those few of you here that are here. And, and after this, um, we'll, we'll have a meal with my grandchildren and my son. And, and it's going to be great. So we got that fellowship, and I'm, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, yesterday, we were blessed. We got to go and visit with my, my daughter, Rachel, Mitch, uh, our son-in-law, and our two beautiful granddaughters, Addison and Eleni, and then also our two new beautiful granddaughters, you know, Brinley and McKinley. But here's the thing. When we go there, I don't want to cause any problems for any of the people in that house, least of all, Brinley and McKinley. So do you know how tough it is to go into that house? I can't hug my granddaughter. I can't hug my baby. I can't hug my baby. I had to bump elbows with my baby because I don't want her babies to be hurt. I don't want her to be hurt. I don't want Mitch to be hurt. I've got to bump elbows with my son-in-law. You know, that's, that's tough. And, and you know, I, I'm so thankful that I got to be there and at least hold them when they were in the hospital with the, within the first day or two uh, before that was cut off as well. But do you know how tough it is? You're in that house and you, can, you have to keep your distance and you can't... 
hold them in your arms. You can't hug your own daughter. You do you understand that? And I think some of you do. See, we're made for that kind of interaction. Listen, remember what it said. We, we have to show this affection, this loving affection, because that's the way our Father feels about us. And that's the way we express the Father's love. It's not only that, you understand. But let me ask you something. I thought about this as I was meditating on this word this morning. And I thought about that very thing. Yesterday, we're there. And I got to see my grandbabies. I got to see my, my granddaughters play a little bit basketball with them. Uh, I lost, by the way. They beat me in horse. Mighty fine horse you have there. But listen, here's the thing. If the Lord was to call me home within the next little while, my two newest granddaughters, what will they know of me? They will know what's told about me. And Addison better not make up any lies about me. Eleni, I don't, no, they will, they will know what is told about me. But they won't know me. Are you following me? See, I'm, I'm looking forward to days, if the Lord allows, when they start to grow up and this thing is passed and, and they can get to know their grandfather and their grandmother. And, and we can, you know, we can love on them. They can love on us. start to know each other. I'm sure they're going to have these little personalities. I'm sure Rachel and Mitch right now can tell you a little bit about each of their personalities right now because they've been with them now for weeks. But that only comes because of being close, being in the presence of one another. Are you with me? What will they know of me? And that's the key. They will know of me, but they won't know me. Right? They won't know me, but they'll know of me. See, we need to spend time together. We need to have relationship. I have to know you in order to help you to meet the need. I have to know you so that you could have the advantage of the gifting that God has given me and I can have the advantage of the gifting that God has given you. This fellowship is needed and necessary. So yes, I'm so thankful. And especially given certain situations as it relates right now, specifically even to my my daughter and her family. I mean, man, I'm so glad that they can listen to a service and and still hear the Word of God and and, and, be a part of uh, something that maybe they can't be the physical presence, but spiritually they may have an understanding because of their backgrounds already. But my brothers and sisters... We have to go ahead and take advantage of these opportunities and understand that sitting at home and listening or watching is not the same. We need to be engaged. Amen? Amen? Because that's where the love of God is shown. Amen? Now, I'm th- look, hear my heart. Before anybody sends me some bad emails or anything like that, I am not saying that we shouldn't do this. This is part of it. If someone's listening to me from far away, you can't be part of this church, I want to encourage you to find a local church that is preaching the whole counsel of God. Not just the sunshine and lollipops. Not not everything is great. Not everything is rosy. 
Your blessing is right around the corner. It could be. But the whole counsel of God. And get involved. And see, don't get involved for what you can get. But get involved because there's someone that needs you. There's someone that needs your perspective. There's someone that needs your testimony. That's where God may want you, have you plugged in so that He can use you according to the purpose and the plan that He's called you to. Amen? All right. I'm going to leave you with this psalm and then we'll close with a prayer. Psalm 34, 1 through 8. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt His name together. I sought the Lord and He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to Him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. The poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear Him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man or woman who trusts in Him. Amen? Amen. Oh, taste and see the Lord is good. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, Jesus is the Lord. There's no other, there's no one above Him, no one beside Him. Jesus is the Lord. If you haven't experienced Jesus, that's what this is talking about, is to experience Jesus, to have this relationship with Jesus. And you would say, well, yeah, where is he? I mean, if if he he was bodily here, I could do it. And and that's what I, I need to see him. I need to... Well, that's why you need to get involved with people who are born again, so that you could see him in them. And then when you're born again and fully converted, they see him in you. Taste and see, experience him. And right now, we experience Him through the Word of God in prayer. Experience. Taste and see. Taste and see. Amen? Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, I give you thanks for your Word. And I ask you, Lord, that you would bless all the hearers. Father, please empower us by your Spirit that we may understand it, And we may do it. Empower us to do your word. Father, in the days ahead, there are no doubt that we will have opportunity to shine as lights in this very dark time. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would have your way in us. Lead, guide, and direct as we go forward. And Father, if there's any under the sound of my voice who's still in fear, whether they think that they're born again or not, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would bless them that you give them revelation. Father, for those who have never been born again, they may even think that they're Christians, but they've never had a true born-again experience. They've never tasted. Lord, I pray right now, in Jesus' name, that you would touch them, that they would know that they know that they know, that they they don't have to fear at all, that you love them, that you want to hold them close, have relationship with them. In Jesus' name, Father, would you touch those people? Thank you, Lord. And thank you in the days ahead that we may be lights in a very dark place. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let the words of my mouth 
and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you. Y'all go in peace. And to all you who are listening, peace. In Jesus' name.